It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 28th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, one Magic player departs the bubble, his season frustratingly over. And the NBA and the Magic still seeking the next steps as we wait for the season to resume. And it does appear that it will resume. We'll update that and, uh, again, give you the reminder that I always have to give uh, during these these kinds of events. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to stay abreast of what's going on in Wisconsin and in the Milwaukee community as well as with the Milwaukee Bucks? Check out Locked On Bucks today. No matter what your team is, whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, College 2, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I do not want to bury the lead. I do not want to uh, hide the big news, and that is, of course, that the NBA uh, Players Association, uh, or the NBA players more specifically, have decided that the season will continue. When it will continue, the uh, NBA sent out a press release saying that it would continue either Friday or Saturday, um, or the hope is that it will continue either Friday or Saturday. Um, It's still up in the air. I am recording this very early in the morning on, on Friday. Um, so very late in the evening on Thursday. There's still no word if games will be played Friday. Games were postponed on Thursday as well. Um, it, it's not clear, again, if games will be played on Friday. Of course, Orlando facing a uh, winner-go-home Game 5 against the Milwaukee Bucks. And again, I, I'm finding it hard to believe that we will see games on Friday. As, as, as I, I kind of held out as long as I could uh, to record at a late hour to, to in case there was breaking news so I could keep this as fresh as possible. But... Um, I find it really a, a big ask to tell teams who've been kind of maybe sitting around their hotel rooms or sitting around in meetings all days. I, I don't think teams have been able to practice. I don't think teams have wanted to practice. 
I think it'd be a big ass to have them dive right back into playoff games without you know doing something to get their minds right in some way. Um, as as always, you know, I, I stand with whatever decision the players did decide. If if they had decided to cancel the season, I completely support it. Um, you know, if, if that's that's the route they want to take, if they feel like their message and their voices are better spent in their home cities and away from the basketball court, um, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, I, I certainly do want to see basketball selfishly. Um, but more importantly, I, I want to make sure that the players get the message out that they want uh, so that we can hear them and, and they can be leaders uh, as, as they are leaders um, in, this sen- in this sense and in this arena and in this, uh, in the, on this topic. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as, as I mentioned before in previous podcasts, um, I, I, it is the, the experience that, the, that these players are, that many of these players are sharing is not an experience that I will probably ever have. Um, and it's not an experience that I will ever fully understand. And so my job is to try and amplify and support these voices and listen to them when they share their experiences and ask, what can I do? How can I, how can I help? Um, be empathetic, of course, um, but ask then, what can I do to help? How can I help you lead? How can I follow your lead in this scenario? As, as, as I said yesterday, uh, good, good leaders know when to follow um, and you got to know when it's someone else's fight to lead as well. Um, and this is a fight that involves all of us, of course, social justice and racial injustice is a scourge. You know, racial injustice has been a scourge in this country since its beginning. Um, it, it, is, it is something that, that this country has tried to sweep under the rug, has tried to ignore, has tried to deflect and blame. And, and certainly I've gotten a lot of those responses as I've tried to discuss this um, in, in the capacity that I can. Um, but it is something that this country needs to address head on. Uh, and with a desire to fix things and, and, and an understanding that maybe the fix won't be perfect, um, that maybe the next step isn't the, the, the full 100% step. But, um, you know, as, as President Obama said before he left office, you know, his, his belief that, um, you know, the, the arc of history bends toward justice. It may not get there immediately. It may not get there um, uh, as quickly as we want or as quickly as it should. But, but it gets there eventually. And again, that may not satisfy everyone because, you know, civil rights and human rights should be something that's demanded and fought for immediately. This is not something that should be negotiable. It's not something that is political. It is, it is something that should be a given, should be, should be known from the beginning. Um, but, but obviously there's still a lot to sort through before we can get back to basketball and, and of course, um, you know, I support however long it takes for us to get there. If we ever do get there, if we don't get there, I support that too. Um, and so, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. Uh, so, I didn't want to bury the lead there. Um, I didn't want to ignore that and save it for the end of the show. I do know that people tend to listen more to the start of shows than to the end of shows. So, I want to make sure that that gets on the table. But the Orlando Magic did have a bit of news on Thursday. Uh, the team announced that Aaron Gordon has officially left the Disney campus um, to get treatment for his strained hamstring. Um, it has been, admittedly, as, as Steve Clifford admitted, it has admittedly been frustrated um, for Aaron Gordon and frustrating for fans. Um, it is tough to see a player of such importance, you know, giving it his all to come back. Uh, from from a tricky injury, a, a, a seemingly minor injury, but a tricky injury nonetheless, and not feel like progress is being made or that the team might be, 
you know, not sharing all the information that it has. And, and certainly I think the Magic may have been trying to make Milwaukee prepare for Aaron Gordon as if he's going to play, even if there was very little chance that he would. But Steve Clifford was fairly consistent with everything that he said about Aaron Gordon in his recovery after he strained his hamstring on August 5th. Um, once Gordon got back on the court, once Gordon was able to start doing some things, it was always, he is getting better, he is making progress, but he's not there yet. He's still struggling to run up and down the floor. He's still he's still not able to play um, an NBA basketball game. Um, and that again, that is a big difference between maybe going out and playing pickup with your, with your buds or doing a workout from playing a, a basketball game. And, and Clifford would always say, when he was asked about it, you know, that Gordon was doing his work while he was doing his press conference and he was going to be going back there to watch him and, and make his evaluation, um, again, with consultation with the medical staff as well. There's been a lot of nasty things said uh, about Aaron Gordon and this injury. I, I I don't question injuries when someone tells me they're hurt, they're hurt. And and we're not and as certainly as the public, we're never going to have all the information that we need to determine whether uh, whether you know whether something nefarious is going on. I, I, that was certainly not the case here. Um, Steve Clifford was right when he said at one point the Magic were lucky that his injury was not as severe as it could have been. Um, but again, it just goes back into a narrative that has been playing out throughout this entire season, certainly since the Magic got back into the campus or, or resumed play. This season has been all about injuries. Um, if if you're looking to, I mean, certainly the Magic would have finished seventh. Uh, so, you know, we're not, we're, you know, injuries, you know, didn't derail the season as far as making the progress that people wanted to see. And, and, and you know, Nikola Vucevic has said pretty plainly, you know, we did not have the season we wanted to have. So, you know, injuries were the story, but not the story, or it's not going to change what's probably going to come in the offseason. But no doubt, injuries have played a major role in this season, and none more so than Aaron Gordon. It has seemed like a constant barrage of injury, and it has been a frustrating season for the Magic's young star, or for the Magic's young player. This was supposed to be Aaron Gordon's year after all. We watched him play exceptionally well, actually, against the Toronto Raptors in last year's playoff series, we thought that he was prepared to make that mythical star leap, a narrative that certainly I push a little bit too hard sometimes. But we felt like Gordon was due to make a leap, that he had shown enough promise, had shown maturity and poise to make us think that this could be the time for him to take control. But And certainly early in the season and the preseason, it looked like that would be the case too. Gordon was playing some fantastic basketball. There were reports... You know, that in the mini camp that Kobe Bryant had at the Mamba factory, uh, that, that Gordon was really standing out, that he was really impressing. Um, you know, again, that's summer stories, who knows? But it really felt like Gordon was getting ready to take a major step forward. But as has been the case throughout Gordon's career with the Orlando Magic, it was always two steps forward, one step back, or both steps all the way back. There's no denying it, Gordon did not have the season that he wanted, nor the Magic expected of him. The scoring average dropped to 14 points per game, and while he was still averaging around 7 to 8 rebounds per game, and his assist number was up around 3.5 per game this year, he shot horribly. Uh, his actually, his four, I think it was a 48.8% effective field goal percentage. Uh, turns out that is the worst field, effective field goal percentage of his career since his rookie year, and that was when he did not have anything resembling a workable three-point shot. Really for Gordon, and, and I really can't blame it on anything else, Gordon's injuries just played a massive role. 
he got popped in the jaw and had to sit out um, for uh, for the rest of the preseason in the third preseason game, just setting him back. I mean, again, you look back at Gordon's career. Last year, I think, was really the only year of his career that he was fully healthy for training camp. That year and his rookie year, maybe, was the only years that he was fully healthy for training camp. And then again, gets popped in the jaw early in preseason and he misses the rest of preseason. Steve Clifford was on record saying the Magic did not have the preseason they wanted and injuries played a role. November In mid-November, the Magic are playing the Toronto Raptors. Aaron Gordon sprains his ankle, rolls his ankle that same night Nikola Vucevic did. And he was never quite right. Probably came back a little too quickly from that injury. And in January, he admitted that he was still feeling the effects of the injury, whether it was in his ankle, whether it was his knee. Something just wasn't right with him. You could tell by watching him play, didn't quite have the lift, didn't quite have the speed that he normally has. By the time the All-Star break rolled around, he started to find it again. Obviously participated in the dunk contest and had an incredible showing, if not, a, again, a frustration is the key word, a frustrating one uh, because of the defeat, because of the controversy with the judging. Again, should have been a second straight split trophy between him and whoever, and Zach Levine or him and Derek Jones Jr. He, but he was finally looking healthy and ready to play again. He finally looked like he could make that difference, and he did. Recorded his first triple-double, saw his assist average from February 1st to the end of this, to, the, to the time the season went on hiatus, uh, jumped up to five per game. He was averaging 15 points per game, but doing so much more efficiently, back over 50% on effective field goal percentage, working much closer to the paint. He was making plays. He was a, a, a really strong player, and this was the player the Magic imagined him to be. Then the hiatus hit. No matter, Gordon still played pretty well once the team got into the campus. Second on the team in scoring uh, in in the seeding round. One of the few players able to really find their offense, but then the injury. Kyle Lowry hits him in the midsection as he's going up for a dunk. He lands awkwardly, and the season is over. You know, Aaron, Aaron works hard. Um, you know, I, I I don't think anyone doubts his work ethic. No one doubts his desire to play. No one doubts how eager he was to be back in the playoffs. He talked about it all the time. Whenever anyone asked about that playoff experience, he was like, this is the pinnacle. It was opened my eyes, and I cannot wait to get back there again. But like so many other things, you know, not that it was taken away from him, but he didn't get that chance. He just didn't get the chance. And, you know, we'll break down Aaron Gordon's season in more detail once the offseason comes around, but this was a frustrating season for him. Like the team itself, a season of stagnation because, you know, he wasn't that much worse than he he was last year. Um, You know, he was on par in a lot of ways to what he was last year. Certainly scoring and shooting were major disappointments. Um... It's tough that Gordon didn't live up to those expectations, but, you know, again, he never really got the chance. And that's the frustrating part. Things that are out of his control, things that you can't always foresee or predict end up costing him. It's rough. It's rough. But unfortunately, I think this was the right decision. Ultimately, the Magic are one game away from being eliminated whenever the season restarts. Like Mo Bamba, it's clear that while he's making incremental progress, it's not enough. 
And if his treatment, if his recovery is better, best served at the Advent Health Practice Facility and away from the bubble, then he needs to be out of the bubble. It was a frustrating year for Aaron Gordon, a frustrating season, but hopefully one that still has a little bit of hope heading into an uncertain offseason. Before we get into the serious stuff, let me tell you a little bit about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, applications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Why? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Back in the land of awkward transitions, I just finished my second box of Built Bar. Now, I had the, the, the chocolate mousse. Very, very, very good. Very, very, very good. Um, I don't even know if they make that flavor anymore, but it's very, very good. Um, and notice that the box was empty. I got one box left. I am in the market for some more Built Bar. And I, I honestly, I cannot recommend this product anymore. I am new to the world of protein bars. I am trying to work out more. I've got an exercise bike staring at me in the face as I as I podcast now. Yeah, yeah, I see you over there, exercise bike. I see you. I'll, I'll, I'll get to you later. Not tonight because it's super late, but I will get to you hopefully tomorrow. If not tomorrow, Saturday, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later. But getting into that, I know that getting back into working out, getting back into taking care of myself, I know I need the energy supplement to get through the rest of my day, to write on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, to do this podcast, to bring the energy that you expect. It's a lot harder than you think, guys. And that's why Built Bar is perfect. It is the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. It's not chalky. It's not crunchy. It's not granola-y. It is literally like eating a candy bar. Can't leave it in the sun either. Big problem in Florida here. These are bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, coming in 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors like cookies and cream. That's going to be on my next order list. Carrot cake, maybe not so much. Apple almond crisp, plus original flavors like German chocolate, which I've had. It's delicious. Banana bread, which I am also eager to try. Double chocolate, which I think is the double the one that I ate today, double chocolate mousse, as well as plenty, plenty more. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets, and come in 18 amazing flavors. Check out Built Bar today. Go to illbuiltbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Yes, I use that too. Get $10 off your next order using the promo code LOCKEDON at builtbar.com. Obviously... There are still big issues on the table inside the NBA campus. There are still things much more important than basketball. 
And I don't mean to belittle those issues and, and what the league and what the players are going to have to figure out as they make their next steps, as they you know try to return to play, is how to keep those issues on the forefront and to make the change that they envision from the start. Because yes, let's be real. It was one of the major discussion points, one of the major things that the players talked about before they agreed to come back and play inside the campus was they wanted to make sure that their voices were still loud and clear, that they were still getting this message across about social justice. And as Kyrie Irving said in that call that got a lot of notoriety, but frankly was always a good point that needed to be brought up, is would playing basketball distract us from the larger message, from the bigger things that were going on in the world that, again, directly affect the majority of NBA players? Let's be real. You know, Sterling Brown on the Milwaukee Bucks is still in a lawsuit with the Milwaukee Police Department because he was a victim of police brutality. Period. Full stop. That's not up for debate. It is. This is something that has deeply affected players and coaches in the NBA and does so to this day. They're not immune from being black in America because they are basketball players, because they are in the NBA, because they have that little bit of privilege, because they have the privilege of money, to be frank. But the players, it does appear, have decided to return to play. And now the debate is, when do they return to play? It looks like it will be this weekend. And what message do they send? How do they make sure the message stays at the front when they do step back onto the court? And that part's not particularly clear. And frankly, I don't think we have to have concrete answers. Um, I, you know, I, I, I do think demanding players who are not politicians, you know, they're leaders in their community, yes, they have the means to help, and, and a lot of them are helping in very meaningful ways. But asking them to solve the structural issues that they are, de- that they are demanding get fixed is impossible. This is why we have elect. This is why we have elections to elect people to sol- to to put forth legislation to solve these problems. All we all we really can do as citizens, all we should be have to do as citizens, is alert our leaders, our congressmen, that this is going on. That there is a problem that needs fixing. And yes, we can fix those problems as much as we can on our own. You know, a lot of disingenuous attacks on LeBron James over the last few few hour last few days. But, you know, he founded a school, a public school in Akron, Ohio, that is sending disadvantaged children to college, that is creating the potential for generational wealth and opportunity. You know, we have so many players donating their time and their money to social justice causes. You know, Michael Jordan and Nike pledging to donate $100 million to social justice causes, and they've already begun spreading that. You know, LeBron James creating his voting group to try and promote voting rights and, and urge people to go get out to the polls, and he's apparently getting ready, he and his foundation are apparently getting ready to spend money to train and hire and, and help hire people to be poll workers to make sure that, that precincts can stay open and, and can be staffed for election day in the coming months. Michael Carter-Williams has probably been, at least publicly, the most active player on the Orlando Magic uh, as far as these causes. The Orlando Magic have partnered up with the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, which if you don't know much about them, 
Um, they have been working to restore voting rights to felons who've been released from prison and have served their sentence. It is a cause that Florida voters overwhelmingly supported. Bipartisan. Overwhelmingly supported. It's on the, it, was on, it was on the ballot and it passed by a, a wide margin. And yet, Florida Governor Rick Scott and then Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have dragged their feet on implementing this, demanding that that felons, that, that released felons, and I don't like using that term because it makes them sound like they're still bad, they're still bad when they've served their death to society, they're citizens. Release citizens then from prisons, pay whatever court fees they have left before they get their voting rights restored. This is the most fundamental right that we have as Americans, the right to choose our leaders, to elect our leaders, and our government, our governor, our government, after we, the people of Florida, voted to restore the voting rights to these, to these citizens, is trying to keep them from it. It is, it is a modern day poll tax. That is the only way to describe it. And again, civil rights are not political. If you think I'm on a political rant here, you are wrong. Civil rights are not political. They are civil rights. They're guaranteed to us by the Constitution. This is not something that should be up for debate. If you are a free person, if you are a free person living in society, you should have the right to vote. It's very, very simple. Because if they can take the right, vote, right to vote away from someone, they can take it away from anyone. That's, that's a fact. Or the Magic have partnered with them a lot. Um, Desmond Mead, who's you know one of, the, one of the people who spearheaded Amendment 4, that, that, that cause, and continues to work with Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, has talked with the Orlando Magic, has talked with Steve Clifford. You know, there are, there are guys trying to do very good things. Michael Carter-Williams, though, uh, has at least been publicly the most active voice uh, on the Magic. He participated in walks and, and marches after George Floyd's murder um, and Breonna Taylor's murder in Orlando. He participated in a roundtable with Orange County and Orlando leaders uh, with young people in the city um, to discuss policing and discuss these racial justice issues. He has been very, very active and the Magic, of course, you know, have been fairly quiet um, since the game was canceled. And Carter Williams uh, spoke to a uh, media representative for the Orlando Magic, which they posted as sort of a statement for the team. Um, and, you know, he said a lot of things, um, you know, you know, I think that, that I think reveals that there's still a lot of uncertainty about what comes next. And again, that's okay. Carter Williams said, and I quote, I think we weighed the pros and cons. We obviously agree that whether... We play or not, we still have to do our best to make change and do our part in the community. I think that's the biggest thing. It wasn't easy. It's obviously not easy given everything that is going on. If we go out there and do our best and also have a list of things we want to accomplish, everything gets complete. Further, he said, it's emotional, so it's not easy. Talking about those things are important. We have a big platform that we can use to make change in this country. It starts with going home to our own cities and making change there. It starts with encouraging people to vote. It starts with using our platform to talk to people with power in this country and creating change. End quote. Some people have asked me, and, and, and some of it I think is, you know, I, I'm, I'm someone that doesn't want to read ill intent. I am naive in that way. I, I will fully admit to, to being naive in a lot of ways. When I approach someone, when someone asks me a question, I take them at their word. I take them genuinely for what they're trying to say or what, what they believe. 
And people have asked me repeatedly, why sit out? Why boycott? Which this isn't a boycott. This is a walkout or a sit, sit in. Why do this? It's not going to change anything. And that could not be any further from the truth. This is raising awareness. It is the talk of the nation. Every sports league has followed the NBA's lead here. You know, WNBA certainly, again, again, I want to give the WNBA all props like because protests like this and, and, and statements about racial justice are always front and center in the WNBA. It is the DNA of that league uh, and, and those women are true leaders. And, you know, you can go back and look through every, through so many major American, um, you, know, rev, you know, revolutions, cultural revolutions or, or social revolutions and you will find women lead, leading them. And they don't get enough credit for the work that they do. And, and you know, special shout out to Maya Moore, probably my favorite favorite player in the WNBA. Um, you know, I'm I'm a Lynx fan. Worked for the Lynx for for a summer uh, before Maya Maya got there. But I've watched Maya Moore her entire WNBA career. She is my favorite player. She's probably one of the five five, if not one of the if not she's one of the ten best, if not one of the five best women's basketball players of all time. She went on sabbatical in the prime of her career to help wrongfully convicted people get get their freedom. And she is a true hero. If you don't know her story, go look it up. Um, but the WNBA is full of leaders who have been talking loudly about issues of racial justice for years, much longer than the men have, to be frank, with a lot more to lose. But the WNBA has postponed games. MLB has postponed games. You saw what the Marlins and Mets did, where they both, where the teams took the field, stood in silence for 42 seconds, and then walked off the field. Um, the Rays and the Orioles postponed their game as well on Thursday. The NHL, you know, after not after playing Wednesday through everything that was going on, postponed their games Thursday and Friday. Again, how much of this is performative? How much of this is genuine? Frankly, it doesn't matter at this point. Because now the conversation is being had. And like I said yesterday, the most important thing we can do is listen. The first step to any change is to become aware of the problem. So yes, these measures are effective. We are talking about it. We are having these discussions. We are pointing out all the different things, all the different things that these players are mentioning. We are learning more about what happened in Kenosha. We're learning more about what happened to the countless others and you know, I, I had this revelation while I was talking yesterday and, and you know, frankly it was a little embarrassing. Um, but there are so many names of people just in the last five years that they do all start to blend together. And that's not a good thing. That is frankly unacceptable. And if it takes this for people to realize that, again, I had my own awakening to racial politics um, from what happened in Ferguson. Those protests had an effect. So to say that these don't do anything or, or these don't do anything without concrete action is wrong. We are having this conversation. They are changing minds. That People are listening to these stories or learning and doing their own research on these stories. That's a first step. That is a step. That is action in some way. It's not the permanent action. It's not the end of the race. We are at the beginning. This is the start. And certainly... It's been a bunch of false starts because we were protesting in June, just like we're protesting today. 
Obviously, the next step, though, is to figure out what happens. And I think it was Howard Bryant of ESPN who, again, another writer that, that I've come to, you know, a voice that I've certainly respect um, and a writer that I turn to as someone who needs to learn more, learn more about racial justice issues and, and learn more about, and learn more and listen to uh, black experiences in this country. I, I believe he described this as mourning as much as a protest. That, that these players in a very stressful situation inside the campus, let's be real, they're, you know, Paul George discussed it uh, a few days ago about how he's starting to feel some anxiety and depression being in the bubble. And, and you know, I, 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 I think I said this on the podcast. I know I wrote it and I'm linking back to this article a whole lot more of late. These players deserve our gratitude for playing uh, and, and being away from their families and, and sacrificing their own freedom a little bit and, and you know, doing this for us. You know, they, they went to the campus, yes, because a lot of money's on the line for the NBA and for them. They went to, the, and that's eventually probably why they're going to resume play here in a couple days. But they went to the campus and gave up a lot and they deserve our gratitude for that. It, it is for us at the end of the day. We're, we're, paying, we're paying them, you know, uh, you know, the TV companies are paying them to entertain us. And, and every player who stepped, a, stepped foot inside that Disney campus deserves our thanks. Um, you know, again, I, someone asked, someone asked me today, you know, is there a coincidence between Aaron Gordon's leaving or not? And I said, frankly, I, I know I never doubted Aaron Gordon's injury. I know some conspiracy theorists out there did. Frankly, every play, you know, Nikola Vucevic could decide I can't play like this. This is too much stuff going on in this country. And, you know, maybe Nikola Vucevic is a bad example there, but you know, if he did that, I'd understand and I'd, I'd support him. Because you know they don't have to do this. You know they're 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 sacrificing a lot, and a part of the agreement of doing making the sacrifice was that they would make sure social justice issues are on the forefront. And large, you know, largely, frankly, you know, seeing Steve Clifford open up a press conference with a factoid from the racial injustice calendar, which was given to all the coaches, um, you know, it's jarring. You know, they, there are there are white allies making sure that this stuff stays in the front, that they are doing their part to, to, to keep this stuff in the front of our minds to make sure it is covered. And I personally, in my coverage, I've been very conscious that when I hear Steve Clifford say something like that, I'm posting that to Twitter. I'm posting that on my social media channels. I'm making sure that message gets out because I want to help get that message out. Again, it's not political. Civil rights are not political. And so to see this happen again and to see another round of protests and another round of police violence in response to that protest, it's daunting. It's tiring. And I cannot blame players for feeling a sense of loss and feeling a sense uh, or need to mourn. Because again, we're all tired of this. This needs to stop. And, you know, I'm tired of this and it makes me angry and I can go hide. I don't, I don't have to live this experience. I don't have to have these concerns. You know, again, being Jewish, if I really wanted to be outwardly Jewish, you know, there, there's certainly there, I, I could face discrimination. I, you know, so I, I'm not, I, I personally, I am not completely immune to this, but I am not anywhere near at the risk that, you know, my black brother, my black brothers and sisters, you know, my fellow black Americans are at this. So I get them being worn down and being frustrated and being tired and being sad and being angry. They should be. 
I am, and it doesn't even affect me. Not in the same way, at least. The league, the owners, or the board of governors, the players will come up with something to move forward. This protest will not go in vain, and whatever they decide to do, you know, deserves our support. There may be some questions, but whatever they decide to do, whatever, wherever they decide to take this, deserves our support. But I think it's very clear that they're in such uncharted territory, they don't quite know. And that's okay. That's so okay. It's, it's, it's all right not to know sometimes. It's all right to be angry and ask those with power, those that do have some influence. I mean, Tobin Fertitta was at a roundtable with President Trump, what, last month? You know, the DeVos family, which owns the Orlando Magic. Betsy DeVos is on the, on the freaking cabinet. There are people within the Magic's orbit that could get messages to the highest seat of power. And yeah, I would bet there's frustration that she's not doing that or that some of the policies, frankly, that the DeVos family has pushed forward involving charter schools has been very bad toward black communities and black schools, you know, go look at what, go look at, go read about what the charter schools did to, De- to Detroit's public school system. There's, there's definitely friction there. It's, it's hard to deny. You can't deny it, in fact. There's absolutely friction there. But they did this to get those closer to power to wake up and listen to them. And maybe they have the idea that pushes this forward. Maybe it isn't the players that push something that pushes it forward. Maybe it is the Board of Governors. You know, uh, Jackie McMullen reporting on what the Board of Governors were discussing as they tried to figure out what happens next. And they met with the Players Association on Thursday. It was Michael Jordan the lone black member of the Board of Governors in the NBA who said, right now, you all just need to listen. Just listen. And frankly, that is the continues to be the only parting advice that I have right now. Is don't think about yourself. Don't think about your experience. Listen to their experience. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to agree with them on every point or everything that they do. But right now, listen to their experience. Let them have their say. Let them share what they feel. Be empathetic and understanding that even if, even if that's not how things are, how you perceive things, that's how they perceive things. And that feeling is real and deserves recognition. And maybe the next question should be, how can I help? How can I help you? Maybe it's just to be heard. Maybe it's just to be listened to. Maybe it is something more. Maybe it is something that you have to change and think about yourself. But the first step is always to listen. And frankly, it, you know, Michael Jordan has all the clout in the world, you know, as you know, the greatest player in NBA history, perhaps, as well as a member of the Board of Governors. Guy that has respect on both sides of the power struggle within every labor movement between the owners, between the employers, and the employees. And that advice still stands. Just listen. We'll see what happens next, and what happens next is important. How it happens, 
It's still to be determined. We will have basketball again, and probably soon. Probably in the next couple days, the Orlando Magic will play their Game 5 against the Milwaukee Bucks. And when they do, we will cover it. We will talk about the game again. But for now, for now, for now, for now, just listen. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Again, what I say isn't as important as what Michael Carter-Williams says, what players are saying throughout the league. So again, I am a white male. I can only say so much. I want to try and amplify voices, which is why I direct. I quoted Michael Carter-Williams directly. I wish I, I had the sound directly so you could hear directly from him. Um, you can check his full availability, his full response, essentially his statement uh, on behalf of his teammates uh, on OrlandoMagic.com. You can follow. Uh, twi- you can go check it out as well at twitter.com slash magic underscore PR for the Magic PR account. That's where they post uh, pr- pretty much every announcement um, that the team is making, as well as um, post game press conferences. If you want to, you want to watch the raw of that when when I don't have it available to me uh, here. You can of course uh, check uh, follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify. And all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We do not know when Game 5 is going to be. It will happen, it appears. Maybe it won't. But it, it for now, it looks like it will occur. Probably looking at Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. When it does happen, we will have a complete recap of that game. Um, as the Magic try to stay in the playoff hunt or stay in the playoffs um, and extend this series to a Game 6. Again, that's going to be dependent on whether the Milwaukee Bucks are ready to play. Uh, and of course, um, you know, I said this as the events were happening on Wednesday, whatever the Bucks want to do, we support them and we stand with them. Uh, certainly, we stand with everyone in Wisconsin uh, and everyone in Kenosha as they, they protest and demand accountability from police. Again, the the exact circumstances don't matter. No human being should be shot in the back seven times in the way that 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 happened uh, in Kenosha. So um, we stand with our we stand with Lockdown Bucks. We stand with the Milwaukee Bucks. We stand with everyone who is protesting uh, racial injustice today. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. You are locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.